Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We're so glad you're here. I'm Melissa Wolf. Wasn't that worship amazing today? Oh, man, there's nowhere else I would rather be than worshiping with you all like that. That was amazing. Um, if you're new today, please fill out one of those new forms that was on your, on your seat. Um, if you're online, you can fill it out online too. For every new form that we get, we donate $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission. So make sure to fill that out if you're new. We're so glad you guys are here in person and online. I'm going to pray for our service. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your death and your resurrection, God, and what that means for our life. We thank you for forgiving us, for giving us everlasting life with you. God, the things that that means for our life now, I, I just pray that each person here would understand what that means for us today. God, that we would awaken to the truth of that. God, I thank you so much for your spirit and for moving in this place. And I just pray that people's lives would be changed today, that they would go out feeling your presence in a new way. God, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, and especially for your resurrection. God, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Melissa. Before I start my message, I do just want to say a special thank you to the 200 volunteers who helped put this weekend on. Can we say thank you to the volunteers doing music, behind the scenes, getting our balcony up and running. Just so grateful for all of you who put this together. Uh, my name's Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Rice Church Denver, and we're all about helping people follow Jesus. We want to help you follow Jesus, for you in turn to help others, because following Jesus is the path to the fullest life and the only path to eternal life. And we want that for you. And because of that... Are you ready to wake up? No, I mean, if you could wake up to a better life, would you want to? I think so. Today is the day to wake up. Now, I think people kind of go on a spectrum. And on one side of the spectrum are people that can sleep through anything, okay? It doesn't matter what sound is going on, what's going on in the room, they will sleep through it. Uh, that's me. Who, who else is on this side of the spectrum with me, okay? I can sleep like a rock, okay? On the other end of the spectrum are people who can't sleep through anything, okay? The littlest movement or sound gets them up. Who in here is on that side of the spectrum? That's Melissa. And somehow, God always seems to put those two types of people together in a marriage. But that, that's how I am. And, and I'm saying that because, I, let, let me tell you, I remember early on in our marriage, we had an apartment in Littleton. And the apartment right next door to us, there was a woman, and it, there was a candle or smoking. Somehow, her oxygen tank caught on fire in the night. Boom, exploded the wall, huge hole in the side of our apartment building. Sirens, the fire department's there, ambulance. Our entire apartment building evacuates, and I slept through it. <laughs> Not kidding. And then I remembered a time when I was a kid in California where we lived as our family, and there was an earthquake, 6.7 magnitude. Yeah, okay, it caused $20 billion worth of damage and killed 60 people. Once again, I slept through it, okay? And I'm saying that because there are some people here today and all of us on our own who are asleep to maybe the biggest thing that could ever happen in your life. And it's way bigger than an earthquake. And it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up today. 
God wants you to wake up to a better life, and he's inviting every single one of us. He's saying, wake up. Wake up. I have something better for you. I love you, and I want you to experience the fullest life in Jesus. And Easter, the resurrection, makes that possible. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open with me. We're going to cover one verse today, okay? We're, we're going to go really dive down deep into Ephesians chapter 6.14. So if you have your Bible, you can open there with me. If you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. Go ahead and do that right now if you can. And on that app on the bottom right-hand corner, it says more. You click that. And then right in the center, it says events. You can click that and find our Rice Church Denver event. You can save your notes, see the scripture, quotes, and any links that we reference in this service. You can see those there as well. And I, I do just have to say, you know, I am really good at sleeping. I can do it with my eyes closed. Did you get that dad joke? Some of you guys are still waking up, apparently. Okay, that dad joke was for you dads that got dragged here by your wives. You're welcome, okay? But yeah, we're going to look at this verse today because in this one verse, it really captures the idea of the good news of Jesus and why Easter makes so much difference in our lives. So let's read this verse together in Ephesians 5.14. We write, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Maybe you didn't get that. Let's read it again. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Did you get where I got my big idea from? Okay, did you see that wake up? Yeah, I don't think some of you heard it, so could you turn to the person next to you and tell them to wake up? Okay, now turn to the person on the other side. Okay. Are we awake yet? This is the late service, right? We should all be awake by now. This is our third one. Okay, it's time to wake up, everybody. Wake up. We're going to go line by line through this verse. It's just four lines, so we're going to go line by line as we're going to see what God has to teach us about why this is so important. So look at that first line with me. It says, this is why it is said. So what is going on here? What is this? Well, the Apostle Paul is writing it. He was one of the early Christian leaders, one of the first followers of Jesus. And he's writing to maybe one of the first Christian churches in Ephesus, hence the name of this letter, Ephesians. So he's writing to them. And in this section of the letter, he's been talking about the darkness that they've been living in, in the night that they've really been sleepwalking through life. And in this darkness, it's led them into some sin, into some bad stuff, and bad things have happened to them. He's saying it's time to wake up. And I think we can all connect with that because all of us have experienced some darkness in our lives. Maybe it's a darkness that you feel inside, that sadness, that depression, some anger at the way things are in the world or, or things that are happening to you. Maybe it's grief over someone that you lost. And when we feel this darkness or when we see the darkness around us, God is calling us into the light, into the day to wake up. And that's why he says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. And then in the second half of that first line, it says, this is why it is said. That phrase, it is said, occurs again and again in the Bible, and usually when it occurs, it's referencing back to another Bible verse, some scripture that came before. And this verse sounds pretty similar to some things the prophet Isaiah had said almost 700 years before this, but it's not identical. So if you go looking for this verse, you won't find it. And so most scholars think that when Paul is saying, it is said, what he's actually saying is that there was an early Christian poem or perhaps even a song that the very first followers of Jesus would sing when they would get together 
on a Sunday morning. Okay, kind of like we're doing today. We're getting together with other followers of Jesus and we're singing songs. Some of those songs you might have heard before, some of them are brand new. But those songs that we sing have lyrics and these lyrics try to capture the message of the Bible and that's what's going on here. So I just want you to imagine in your mind some of these first Christians gathering together to sing together, just like we're doing. But they would have gotten together a lot earlier than us. Okay, I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus and his followers were all Jewish. And Jewish people to this day worship on Saturday, on the Sabbath. But then something happened to completely change everything they believed in their religion, and they started worshiping on Sunday. What was it? Well, Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So it was that big that they're like, we've got to change everything we do. That's why we're going to worship on Sunday. But they were still in a Jewish culture, so they had to work on Sundays. So in order to worship together, they would get up before it was light, before dawn, and they would gather together and sing together as the sun was rising. So can't you just imagine them singing this at that moment? Singing together maybe in a house or maybe outside because they're waiting for the dawn and, and they're singing before they go to work and they're worshiping Jesus. Wake up. And they're singing together. Wake up, sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you as the sun begins to shine in the day. So I'm saying this to all of you so that if you complain about having to go to church early, you have no more complaints ever again, okay? Okay, at least it's not dawn. At least it's not dawn. But they were singing together this song and let's look at the next line. They were singing, wake up, sleeper. Wake up, sleeper. They're singing it to each other, and they're saying it's time to wake up, meaning we're asleep. We're asleep, and not just because it's early in the morning and we haven't had our coffee yet, okay? He's saying wake up because spiritually we are asleep to the deeper reality that God has for us. God is saying wake up. It's an invitation. It's time to wake up. Let's wake up. And he addresses us. He says, wake up, sleeper. That means we are the sleeper. You are the sleeper. Wake up, sleeper. Some of you are like, what do you mean? I'm not asleep. But here's the thing. Let me tell you this. That on our own, before we know Jesus, every single one of us is in the night, in the darkness. You might not even know it until you start to see that light shine, the dawn breaking, the sun bursting through. And there's light. What we're walking through before Jesus is like we're in black and white, and he's like, there's color available. It's like he's saying, wake up, it's time for breakfast. Don't you love getting woken up to breakfast? And can you just imagine that? That, that you're in bed and something wakes you up and you start to smell some fresh muffins baking in the oven? And then, is that fresh ground coffee that's brewing right now? Ooh, I love that smell in the air in the morning, don't you? And then you get a little closer and you can hear something. Is that the sizzle of bacon? Yes, breakfast is ready. It's breakfast time. Don't you love that feeling in the morning to wake up to a hot breakfast? And that's what God is inviting us to. Wake up. There's light. There's color. There's breakfast available. Wake up, sleeper. Wake up. But let me tell you this. Um, our situation is worse than we think. Because yes, it says, wake up sleeper, but look at the next line. It says, rise from the dead. It's actually much worse than you think. It's not just that you're asleep, it's that you are dead. And you don't even realize it. I, I just need to ask you guys, can dead people wake up? Anybody? 
Dead people can't wake up. We all know that, right? Scientifically speaking, we've, dead people don't wake up. Dead people don't wake up. We'll get to that. Somebody's getting a little ahead of me, okay? Dead people don't wake up. And the thing is, it's like there's this voice, wake up, but dead people can't wake themselves up, and dead people don't even realize that they're asleep, and a lot of you don't even realize that you are asleep. H.G. Wells was a science fiction writer, and he wrote a short story called The Country of the Blind. And in this short story, it tells about an explorer who was in South America in a remote part of the mountains, and he stumbles into a valley that is surrounded by mountains, and because of that, it has been cut off from the rest of the world for hundreds of years. And as the explorer goes into the valley, he discovers a group of people who live there who are all blind. Because of disease that is inherited, that these people would be born as babies blind, and for their whole life, for centuries now, nobody has been able to see. And because of that, at first, this explorer, Nunez, is like, oh, now that means I get to be king, right? So he begins to explain to them the sunrise, the birds flying over the head, the flowers and the colors that they have. And do you know what they all say to him? You're crazy. Who is this nut job? He's crazy. Because none of them could see. And if you're not awake, you don't even realize that you're sleeping. And if you can't see the light, you don't even realize that you're blind. And that's what happened. For Nunez, he fell in love with the daughter of, of one of these people in, in the tribe of the country of the blind. And they said, the only way you can marry this girl is if you have a surgery to remove your eyes, to become like us. Nunez is in love, so he decides, okay, I'll do it. I'll go through the surgery. But on the morning that he's supposed to have the surgery, he wakes up early, sees the sun rising, and he says, I can't give up my sight. So he decides to escape, but as he's climbing out of the canyon, he sees a rock slide coming for the village. So he rushes back down the canyon to warn the people there, you, you, you have to get out of here, there's a rock slide cover, I've seen it, and you know what they say? You're nuts, you're crazy, we're not going to listen to you, because they couldn't see. And though Nunez and the woman he loved escaped the entire rest of the valley was destroyed and everyone in it because they were blind and didn't even know they were blind. Some of you are asleep and don't even realize you're asleep. You haven't woken up. And that's why it's much worse than you think. And that's why it says this wake-up sleeper rise from the dead. Because if you think that dead people can wake up, I dare you, at the next funeral you attend, to walk up to that casket and open it up and say, wake up. I don't care if you have an alarm clock going, ah, ah, ah. I don't care if you get out the trumpet, doo -doo 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 -doo. wake up, rise and shine. No matter what you do, you shake that body, that dead person won't wake up. And everyone around you is going to be like, what is that crazy person? Let's get him out of here, right? Because everybody knows dead people don't wake up. So how does a dead person wake up? Well, it takes a resurrection. It takes a miracle. And that's why Easter is so important. It does say, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. 
You see, we are dead. In Ephesians 2.1, earlier in this letter, Paul says that as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. We have transgressed. God has said, this is how you should leave, and we have transgressed away from that path. Sin means falling short. He has set a standard, and we have all fallen short of that standard. He says, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Honor your father and mother, and every single one of us has sinned. Even if you're like, I don't really care about God's law, you care about your own moral code, and guess what? You've broken your own code. There have been times where you're like, I shouldn't have done that, and you did it anyways. Every single one of us. We have all fallen short of our standards, let alone God's. And because of that, it leads us into darkness, and the consequence ultimately is death. We are dead in our transgressions and sins. You are spiritually dead on your own. And because of that, you need a resurrection. And guess what? We got one. See, 2,000 years ago, God loved us so much that he sent his own son, Jesus, to live among us and walk among us. And though we all sin and fall short of God's standard, Jesus didn't. He did everything right, never sinned, and was perfect. And yet still, the religious people got upset with him. They hated him, so they arrested him, they mocked him, they beat him, they stripped him naked, and then they hung him up on two pieces of wood called a cross. And they put him up on a Friday morning in the hot Middle Eastern sun, nailing him to that cross so that he would suffocate to death. The historian Luke records that when the sun made it to midday, at noon, when the sun should be the brightest, the sun went black. It was dark. And it's not just the historian Luke, but Matthew and Mark, two other followers of Jesus, recorded the same detail. That when the sun should have been brightest and when everyone should have been able to see the most, the entire sky was black as Jesus hung there on the cross. And in that moment, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment, he experienced the darkness of hell and death. He took our sin upon himself in that moment. And in that darkness, he hung. And then he breathed his last. The Roman soldiers, in order to make sure that he was dead, took a spear and they jammed it in his side. And he was dead. They took him down, wrapped him in linen, And they gave him to this rich man, Joseph, because they would know where his tomb was. So Joseph took him and put him in the tomb, and then the Roman soldiers, to make sure nobody messed with the body, rolled a stone in front of the tomb that would have weighed hundreds of pounds. And then to top it off, they put a whole troop of Roman soldiers around it to make sure nobody messed with the body. And that Friday night, Jesus lay dead in the darkness. On Saturday, Jesus lay dead in the darkness. But on Monday, just before dawn, as the sun began to rise, some of the women, some followers of Jesus, went to the tomb to bring perfume and flowers to venerate Jesus who had died. But when they got to the tomb, the stone had been rolled away, and the tomb was empty. They looked in the tomb and there was no body there. The the linen that Jesus had been wrapped in had been neatly folded and placed there. 
And the women were confused what just happened because dead people don't wake up. So they ran out of there scared until Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, the first one. In the flesh, Jesus, who was dead, was awake. And he appeared to her. She told everybody else and they didn't believe her. So then Jesus appeared to Peter and then to the rest of the disciples. And they saw him in the flesh, risen from the dead. But Thomas, one of the other disciples, wasn't there at that time. So he didn't believe either. Because he knew that dead people don't wake up. And yet, Jesus appeared to Thomas too. And he said, touch my hands and my side where their holes are. And when Thomas did, he fell on his knees and cried out, my Lord and my God. Because he knew that God had conquered death. He had brought a miracle, the first resurrection. Jesus had risen from the grave. There is a resurrection. And then Jesus appeared to over 500 people over a span of 40 days. And they ate with him. They touched him. They hugged him. They celebrated with him before Jesus ascended into heaven. The reason why that first Easter is so important. Because it proves that God can raise the dead. And if you are walking in darkness right now. In sin and in death. If you are asleep, you can wake up. You can have a resurrection today. We love the resurrection because it does mean you put your faith in Jesus. And when you die, you will be resurrected to have a body like his. To live with Jesus forever in eternity where there's no more sickness, sorrow, pain, or death. That's amazing. But the resurrection also means that right now we can have a better life. A fuller life. The resurrected life in Jesus. So that's what I'm calling to you to when I say wake up. When God in his love is saying, wake up, wake up. There's a better life available for you. And this life is incredible. Jesus said in John chapter eight, he said that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. That light is coming into our lives to bring joy, to bring purpose, to bring us out of the darkness and into a better, fuller life. But even as I'm talking, some of you are like, I don't know, you sound kind of crazy. If I become a Christian, don't I have to do a bunch of things I don't want to do and I have to stop doing a bunch of things I want to do? Let me tell you this. If you feel that way, that means you're still sleeping. You haven't woken up yet. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, the people who keep asking if they can't lead a decent life without Christ don't know what life is about. There is a light, and it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And if you're like, still like, how does that work? Maybe you even are a Christian right now, but you're like, hey, I don't know. Some of the things in my life aren't getting better, and that's why you need to come back next week as we start our brand new series, Brainwashed. Because if you're like me, you have some negative voices in your head of worry, of anger, of depression, and you need to learn from God and from Jesus how you can eliminate toxic thoughts. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. So you've got to be here for this series. If you're online, go ahead and subscribe right now. You're not going to want to miss this. 9 and 10.45 a.m. our services are next week. Come back for Brainwashed as we learn how we can walk into this better, fuller life that's found only in Jesus. Because let me tell you, what's great about it is it not just that God shines a light now in your life and there's less darkness. You actually become light. 
That's what Paul had said back in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 5. He said, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. It's not just you were in the darkness, you were darkness. And now it's not just that you're in the light, you are the light. In fact, Jesus made that clear. I am the light of the world, but then he said, you are the light of the world to his followers. See, that light doesn't just come in and penetrate our soul and bring us out of darkness, but now we can bring that light everywhere we go. And I'm telling you, when you walk into your schools and workplaces, when you go with your gyms and with your family, there are people in darkness who are hurting, who are suffering and struggling in depression, and even though they put on a good face, they need light in their life, and you can bring it to them because you are the light of the world when you follow Jesus. You are the light of the world, and that, to me, is a greater purpose than anything I could live for in my life. I want that. And when you follow Jesus, that's what you get to be a part of, bringing light into the darkness of our city, of our nation, and our world. So wake up. Are you ready for the better life? You ready for the better life? It's time to wake up. Now, um, last Sunday, we were having family dinner. um, And my son, Canaan, um, who's three years old, did something that was just childish. And I corrected him. Now, I was right, but I said it in a way that was wrong. I was way too harsh with my three-year-old. Anybody else done this? I might have been right, but I was way wrong in how I did it. And Canaan immediately put out his lip, and he has the cutest pouty face in the world, lowered his head, And he walked upstairs, climbed the stairs, and went into his bedroom by himself. So I waited a few minutes thinking, oh, he'll get over it, right? He'll get over it. But he didn't. So I was like, I better go up there, right? So I went upstairs. And as I was going up, I was thinking about that time and what we think about in those moments. Have you guys ever been there? I remember as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult, when you do something dumb, when someone hurts you, when bad things are happening in your life, when you're angry, you sit in there and your thoughts get worse and worse. You get angrier and angrier. Matter, matter how could they do that? How could this happen? And that anger builds and it sucks you into this vortex of darkness. I've been there. So I walked into the room and Canaan had a pillow over his head, sitting by himself. And I said, Canaan, are you okay? I had to move the pillow so I could see his face. But he nodded no. I said, Canaan, did I hurt your feelings? And he said, yeah. So I said, Canaan, I love you. I am so sorry I hurt your feelings. But I love you. We all love you. And we miss you downstairs. Would you come back down? It's time for a meal. I put my arm around him. And in that instant... His frown turned into a smile. And he happily came back down, finished his meal, and was off playing in a few seconds. And as we were walking downstairs, I thought, how many kids and teenagers and people are there in the world that are getting angrier and sadder and more frustrated, and they don't have anyone in their life to come and tell them I love them, to say it's okay. There's something better for you. Come on. We love you. We care about you. I think about people who are struggling with depression or are choosing alcohol and drugs and falling into the darkness. People 
that are becoming shooters in our world. And I just wonder, did they have somebody that went to them and said, I love you. I care about you. Stop. There's something better for you. Come on. We love you. Come with us. And I think there's a lot of people who need to hear that. And I want to tell you that I love you. God loves you. I care about you and he cares about you way more than I ever could. And because God loves you so much that he sent his own son to come and die on a cross in your place, he loves you. He wants you and he has something better for you in your life. Come back. Wake up. There's a better life available today in Jesus. So I want to extend the offer to anyone here. If this is tugged on your heart at all, if Jesus, maybe for you, is becoming real, your eyes are starting to open, you're seeing the color for the first time, it's time to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It tells us in the Bible that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's why every single Sunday here, we have an opportunity for people to say a prayer calling on the name of the Lord, confessing that they're sinning, sinners, asking for forgiveness, but also receiving that better life now and eternal life ahead. Just this simple prayer. And then we have something special today that we're doing for the first time. We have this little guide. Um, this is something that I wrote for you. If, if you want to follow Jesus for the first time, we wanna give this to you as a gift. We have a whole bunch of these. And maybe some of you are, have accepted Jesus recently and you need some help. This is for your first steps of following Jesus. We wanna give this to you as a gift. And there's a QR code behind me. If you're online, you can go ahead and download the digital version as well of that. We would just love to help you take your next few steps following Jesus. So, you ready to wake up to the better life? If you're here and you're ready to wake up, I want everybody to just close their eyes for a second. Close your eyes. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, repeat this prayer after me to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. So if you're here, please repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Give me your light. Help me to follow you and shine into the darkness. Now, if your eyes are closed and today for the first time you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we just wanna celebrate with you. So put your hand in the air on the count of three and then we're gonna come by and give you one of those books. So keep your hand in the air. So everybody's eyes are closed, but on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift that hand high if you accepted Jesus. Praise God, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate with those who made that decision. Keep that hand high up in the air. Got one right here and right here. Keep that hand up in the air. And if you're upstairs, we have some books as well. And if you're online, go to risedenver.com slash follow. Follow that link. We would love to celebrate with you and encourage you. Lord God, we are grateful for Easter Sunday, for a resurrection that you wake up the dead. And just like you rose Jesus from the dead, raise us up right now that we could walk the resurrected life. And we could go out of here with new joy, new purpose, and shine a light into the darkness. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.